morning, guys. I just wanted to um, greet um, uh, my mum-in-law is here today, uh, Louise Cameron, uh, Donna's mum. So it's lovely to uh, see you here. Maybe you can just give her a welcome. Uh, and um, I also heard, uh, there may be other birthdays, but I heard that TC, it's your birthday today. Is that right? Is she here? There. Happy birthday. Is it anyone else's birthday today? Okay, Josie, we must be careful not to offend anyone by not mentioning this. I'd just easy. Awesome. So I just wanted to pick up on some uh, prophetic words from today. And um, something from Anton, something from Jen, and then uh, two from the conference. But um, yeah, so here we are. So has everyone recovered from the conference? Are you feeling a little bit... Uh, uh, I know sometimes, you know, like you need a rest from a holiday and sometimes a, a, a conference even more so. Everyone feeling a bit fresher? I know there's been a lot to process from, from everything that we heard at the conference. Just put your hand up if you were at the conference. Um, okay, so a lot of people, yeah, well done, well done. Um, but if you weren't at the conference, there will be an opportunity to catch up. Just wait for those videos to come out and then obviously you're going to be hearing um, things uh, come through. Um, but something that, um, two from the conference that I wanted to pick up on, and it was mentioned by Joe earlier, and what I like about Joe is uh, there's an authenticity about Joe, and Joe knows that I love him very much. He shares a similar name to mine, so um, praise God. Um, but there's an authenticity about Joe and Tanya that I'm sure you can um, agree on, and that's something that Jonathan Stansfield mentioned at the conference, is that he mentioned about, I was wondering about what Jonathan would actually speak on, because he's an apostle in the house, there's so many topics that he could choose uh, on coming all the way from Isle of Man, and he chose about an authenticity and family, that's, uh, that your Christianity is not just uh, on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, but that your Christianity is effective, that it even flows 24-7 in your family, with your husband, with your wife, with your children, with your friends. There's a, there's a sense of 24-7 Christianity. And I know that I always feel that from Joe. You know, Joe's what you see is what you get. And, uh, and it's good. So praise God. The other thing was from, uh, the word was from Ewan McRae. And we love Ewan because he's got the super funny stories. I don't know how true the stories are. Um, they're as true as, as Ewan could make them. I remember that, that the story that, about that dog jumping out of the house. I went, that can't be true. That's like impossible. Like he's actually uh, lying from the front. But um, uh, maybe there was enough truth in it to get away with it. Uh, but what he shared was that um, the father's love is incredible. And I felt like... That's something that I want to say to us all this morning is that the Father's love is better than we even think. And Anton mentioned it today, and that's two words from uh, this service. As Anton said that he went to his family gathering, but in some ways it feels like he's the only one in the room not wearing a mask. Everyone else is wearing a mask, but why? Because they want love. They want to be... In uh, to impress people so they can receive love from man. But he wasn't looking for his love from man. He was getting his love 100% from God. And Grant Banwell in the old days used to say, God loves you stickant. 
and, and he really, it's, uh, uh, he really, really loves you. And he wants us to walk in the Father's love. And for many of us, we haven't experienced the Father's love through our earthly fathers as best they try. They, God actually calls them evil compared to the perfection of God as a father. Even though our earthly dads, most of them tried really hard. But we need to experience the Father's love because he is more beautiful, he's more wonderful than we even think. And I feel like God wants to say to every single one of us today, through his Holy Spirit, that he wants you to be walking in the Father's love. And if you don't do that, you're not going to be able to walk into everything that God wants for you. Because it's out of that place of the Father's love that you're going to be able to minister to others. And that's what Anton was. Anton's walking into the family gathering, walking in the Father's love. And he's able to be himself and be able to be, hopefully, encourage others to take their masks off as well. And then the other word was from Jen. And I think Jen just confirmed that about coming close. You know, Moses had his issues. You know, Moses, he killed an Egyptian. He, he had lots of conflicts in his life. He had anger issues. But as he drew near to God, as he drew near to that burning bush, that actually took Moses into his call. So I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you, draw near to God so that you can walk into your calling, everything that the Lord wants for you to come out of that place of love. So Lucas, um, we shared about that. I shared that at uh, an elders meeting and, and Lucas said, why don't, you, uh, why don't you preach along those lines? So today's preach is um, on Christian character. And um, yeah, let's dive in. So um, the legendary basketball coach, John Wooden, um, said that character is who you are when no one is looking. And uh, what does that mean? That means that character, who you are, uh, is, um, is most revealed when that mask is off, when you're not around people. And um, C.S. Lewis talks about uh, what we become. And uh, if we can just bring up that uh, quote, uh, the famous English Christian author C.S. Lewis. Um, Every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different than it was before. And taking your life as a whole with all your innumerable choices all your life long you are slowly turning the central thing or character into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature and I think what God wants for us is God wants us to become heavenly creatures because he is a heavenly creature and he wants us to become like him and but we need to yield to him we need to cooperate with him we need to allow him to mold our hearts and to form his character in us. So, is that making sense? I just wanted to make sure that we're all on the same page. We're talking about Christian character. That's, that's what the, the topic is this morning. And how does the Lord want to put that into us? And it may seem that it's not connected to my introduction earlier, but it very much is connected to that. So what is Webster's, Webster Dictionary's definition of character? It's um, 
that dictionary's definition of character is moral excellence and firmness. Moral excellence and firmness. And uh, the Christian author John MacArthur, his definition of Christian character is, and wait for it, genuine faith, obedience, humility, selfless love, forgiveness, self-discipline, gratitude, and worship. That's a lot. So on this topic of, uh, of Christian character, there's so many, uh, it's so wide. It's, you know, where, um, where are we going to take it? But I felt like the Lord wanted to take it down uh, one particular uh, route this morning. And um, yeah, Lucas also wanted me to take it down that route. So I personally find Christian character difficult to separate from faith. Because Christian character is not about self-reliance, but about God-reliance. Uh, and um, if we look at the Greek word for character, it becomes extremely interesting. So if we can bring up Romans 5, 1 to 4. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And we're going to look at that word character there. And why faith is so important and, and why uh, reliance on God and not reliance on ourselves is so important for Christian character is that we need to understand that this is not something that we do. This is something that God does. You don't go to university to get Christian character. In some way, you don't even study to get Christian character. Christian character is first of what God has done in your heart. How God has transformed you into a different creature. That you are regenerated, regenerated by His Holy Spirit. You are born again. And that He is slowly discipling you. He is working in your heart. Jesus is the author and perfecter of your faith. There is nothing of beauty in us. The only thing of beauty in us is what Jesus has put in there because Jesus is beautiful. And Jesus is for forming himself into us. Paul cried out, how uh, I long for, for, for Christ to be formed in you. So Christian character is what God has put in you that none of us can boast None of us here can say, you know, I'm, you know, I've got great Christian. If you've got great Christian characters, because of what Jesus put in you. It's not because of what you did. If there's anything that you did, all you did is yield. You just put up the surrender flag. You said, Lord, work in my wicked heart. Work in my awful heart. And what's interesting about this scripture here, when we look at Romans 5.4, when it says that, uh, suffering uh, produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character. This word um, for, uh, for, for character here is actually the word document, where we get the word document from. The, the suffering in our lives is trying to uh, uh, burn away ourselves, burn away all the fluff, burn away all the extras, and just reveal what Jesus has put in you. It's testing the genuineness of what God has done in your heart. 
So when you're going through suffering and you want to rely on yourself and your ability, uh, the suffering sometimes increases until you get to a point where you go, I can't do this. And this, this, this God-likeness in you comes forth and you become more than a conqueror, not through your own ability, but through Christ in you. So the suffering burns away all the extras and reveals what God has put in you. And that's a testing of your faith to show that it's genuine. God knows it's genuine because he put it in you. But it needs to be tested to be, be strengthened and also to be revealed to everyone else that what is in you is not made by the hands of man, but made by the hands of God. So when we look at the word character, uh, interesting enough, it's actually the, the, the same word, in, and we'll look at it now in 1 Peter 1, 6-7. It says, And all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. That there, proven genuineness of your faith, is, doc, is the word document, which we get the word character from is that God wants to prove you true in Him. And He wants you to come forth as gold. And we know where gold is purified. Gold is purified in fire. So when you're going through fire and you're like, I hate this, it's because all of you is just getting burnt up. All your flesh is getting burnt up. And that which God has built in you is starting to come forth and be purified when he puts the fire upon you, and if you want to know about how they clean gold, is they put golden fire and dross, which is impurities, come to the surface of the gold. And then, God, uh, and then the, the person takes a scoop and scoops the dross out. This, you can actually go Google it. It's for all metals, uh, gold included. So when pressure comes on your life, impurities come to the surface, and God removes them. God scoops them up and takes them away. So when you're going through suffering, when you're going through pressure, God's trying to build you into something beautiful so that you may be proved genuine and that you may result in praise, glory, and honor for Him when He is revealed. God wants to make you beautiful to shine and give glory to Him. And we know that is our purpose. We're made by Him and for Him, to bring Him glory. So character is an interesting thing when we talk about Christian character. It's not actually about us, what we've done. It's about what He's doing and proving genuine in you. And, and the, the, it's, it's so different to, you know, trying to be a good person because good persons also look good on this earth, you know. People try to look good. It's not about that. It's about him looking good, not us looking good. You know, people that glorify God the most is when people look at them and go, that, he's got help or she's got help. That's not them. Then God is glorified. When people see our school, God's not glorified. We just look good. But when people know that it's not you, and that's why God often, often, often chooses the lowly, the despised, those that are rejected, to shame the strong. Because often we become the strong 
but we never were that originally. Why? That he can put us on display and say, look at the handiwork of Christ. So we need to be careful when we look at Christian character is that we actually see, especially as we see it's linked right so much to faith, genuineness, that it's, that it's God shining through us. To emphasize the, the, the importance of character in the church, who we are and not our gifting. You know, uh, Anton is a very, very good guitar player. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, where is Anton? At the back over there. And Annalena is an incredible, incredible uh, keyboard player. And, and they're both, amen. And they're both uh, super, they're both super, super anointed. But you know what? If we look at the, um, and I'm not saying this is not the case for them, uh, but if we look at um, what should shine in church, what should shine in church is not gifting. It actually should be character. And this is displayed when we look at the uh, requirements of an elder. And of course, I'm an elder myself. I'm not perfect, but uh, Andrew in, in the, the apostolic feel that I am at enough, as with the rest of the elders. And if I'm not enough, uh, I will step down. So now the overseer or elder is to be above reproach. This is from 1 Timothy Three, two to three, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. And Anton also spoke about not being a lover of money. And we see out of all the requirements of an elder who's supposed to be an example to the church, we see that out of 11 traits, only one involve a skill or a gifting. The rest is all character. Not from themselves, and not from myself, but from what God has built into them. Won't the, and this, is, this is not to make them proud or anything, but won't the elders just stand? There's Gavin, there's Joe. Are there any other elders in the house? St stand up, please. I know they, they hate standing up because are there, is Patrick, Patrick's not Joe, and Lucas is away. Okay. <laughs> I think Patrick's sick and, and Lucas is. Uh, but no, no, stay standing. These guys are elders. And I, I came onto eldership the same time as Joe, nearly very, very long time ago. Um, and the same time as Gavin as well. But, and, and we stand here not because we're good. It's because of what God has built into us. We're, we're not here because this is us. It's what Jesus is. And these guys ask them, we have gone through fire and suffering and pain and pressure to try burn up everything so what God has built in us can shine through. Okay, thanks guys, we're done. And, and I love serving with those guys. They, they're incredible guys. And there is an authenticity about them because if you go into their families as well, their families can vouch for them. That they can say, you know what, what you see on a Sunday, you're also going to see hopefully on a Monday morning. Uh, not perfect, none of us is perfect, but enough. Enough to be, good, uh, uh, be a good example. And that's what Jonathan was saying at the conference. And it's one of the first things that, that challenged Jonathan uh, Stansfield when he came to Josh Jen, as Andrew said, is there authenticity through your whole family? 
and I know it was a great challenge to Jonathan. You can ask him directly about that. And seven, eight years later, Jonathan circles back to that and says, is there authenticity in our lives that how we are on a Wednesday night or a Sunday or when we see other, when we're alone, you know that first quote? Character is who you are when you're alone. When, how are you really? Is Jesus really um, taking over everything? Or are you holding back parts of yourself? And you're going, you know, Jesus, you saved me. I'm going to heaven. But you, you're not going to change me. <laughs> or you can change a few things. You know, you can take away my smoking and my swearing. But you, there's parts of you I'm not going to let you get to. Are you going to let Jesus take, get to every part of you? Because he wants to. He wants to make you so whole and so, so solid that, that you can shine in the office place. Because people know it's not fake. People know it's real. He wants to do that. Lord, help us. Help us. So I did have another title for this preach. It was the education of the conf of the education of the conscience and the changed man, but I knew it wouldn't work. So, but um, and we're going to we're going to a sec. But he wants to he wants us to become conformed to the image of his son. He wants us to look like Jesus. It's going to take some time. It's going to take the rest of our lives. John Wesley said that we could get very close. In fact, John Wesley said that it was theoretically possible to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Otherwise, why would the scripture say, be conformed to the likeness of Jesus? So, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll share this. Uh, Evan Roberts, the famous Welsh revivalist, which is one of my favorite, um, favorite heroes of, of, um, of Christianity, historically, uh, the, the most, one of the most famous things that Evan used to say was, Lord, bend me. Or Lord, let me yield to your hand. Oh, we, 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 we hate yielding to the Lord, you know. It's so difficult for us. Well, no, we, don't, we don't hate to yield to the Lord. We find it difficult sometimes to yield to the Lord. The Lord wants to touch one part. We say, Lord, I, 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 don't, want, I don't want to let you touch that part. You can't go there. And the Lord says, but I want to because I want to make you like my son. I want to make you beautiful so that you can shine in the nations. You know, sometimes we're the only Jesus that people will ever see. And God wants you to look like Jesus. And when we don't allow him to come in and change parts of us, there's huge parts of us potentially that don't look like Jesus. And we just keep on going. And the Lord wants to come in and remove every bit of fear. Every bit of insecurity. You know, why was Anton secure at the family gathering, which can be some of the most hectic gatherings, as family gatherings, uh, especially if you haven't seen people in a while. What made him secure? It's because God loves him stickant. And he says, you know what? I don't care about anyone else. God loves me. And you know what? You might think I'm poor and a failure, but God doesn't. God gave his son on the cross, his precious son, even if I was the only one because he considered me enough. And that's my worth. 
and he loves me. The father loves me. So I'm going to pivot now and uh, talk about a, how, how, how can I do this well? Um, if I start with the scripture and see where it takes us. God wants us to be like him. And I think often we think if God wants to be like him, we think moral excellence. But I want to show you something today that God is love. And that's from 1 John. God is love. And he wants to work through our character, love. And we see it here in 1 John 4, 7 to 12. Beloved, try keep it in the context of Christian character, yeah? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Let's everyone say that. God is love. And he is perfect love. The, the, the most perfect love, thanks for that, back. This is perfect love, I know you wanted to keep on going, it's the most perfect love we could ever imagine. I heard a story about um, someone that died, he was bitten by a, um, a, a box jellyfish, and he went up into heaven, he actually died for half an hour, whatever, um, uh, McCormack, what's, Ian McCormack. And he said when he entered heaven and he started to walk into heaven, he was separated from his body for about 30 minutes. He said all he felt was waves of love. <laughs> Hit him. Next wave of love. Hit him. And he said it was so incredible, he didn't want to go back to his body. And the Lord said, I want you to go back because I want you to tell people about this place. That heaven is real <laughs> and hell is real. God just wants to send waves of love over us. Because that's who he is. Verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, because honestly we truly, and Donna doesn't really like me saying this, but I sometimes love saying it, we suck but that he loved us. There's nothing good in us, but he is perfect good. In this is love, not that we have loved God, because when God found us, we didn't love him first, he loved us first. Just like we were in our sin, in our ugliness, God loved us. And showed his love by sending his son to die for us on the cross. So that we could have our sin taken away. That we could be cleansed, washed, set free. His blood could be over us. And Jesus' blood has the power to cleanse sin. There is no product in the universe besides Jesus' blood to take away sin. But Jesus' blood has the power like Omo washing powder can take that stain out of your jersey. It even removes oil stains. It even removes red wine stains. It even removes 
chewing gum. Jesus' blood has got the power to remove sin from your soul and your spirit. And only Jesus' blood. And Jesus died on the cross and shed that blood as punishment for our sin so that he could take the punishment and we could go free forever righteous because of what Jesus did for us. And that's his love for us, that he didn't even spare his precious son, the suffering that his son would go through for you, for me. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 11. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. That last line there. God wants to perfect his love in us. And John Wesley uh, used to say that that is the highest destination of Christian growth and Christian character is God's love perfected in us, that we would love God with all our heart and all our mind and all our soul, and we would love men as we love ourselves, others, which Jesus also says is the greatest commandment. Can his love be perfected in us? Can his love be perfected in us? And I know often in church, we think that moral excellence is the highest form of Christian character, and to many degrees it is. But I want to show you how as you perfect it in love, that moral excellence goes with being perfected in love. And um, this is how we're going to do it. What is sin? God, I know that sin is missing the mark. Hamatea is the Greek word. But what is the mark? If we miss the mark and that becomes sin. Do you know what hamateia? Hamateia is the Greek word. It means missing the mark. It's like you shoot an arrow and it doesn't go right in the center of the target. What is the target? The target is love. When we don't love, we miss the mark. Loving God and loving others, we miss the mark. And sin is actually when we hurt ourselves and we hurt others. So we can actually see how love has a connection to moral excellence. Is that as we walk in love, we love ourselves. We don't do harm to ourselves. We don't touch the fire because all sin will hurt us. And we don't sin against others. We love others perfectly. And do you see how the connection? So in some ways, love is the opposite of sin. Are you guys seeing that connection? So as we perfect it in love, moral excellence has worked through us at the same time. But we're not focusing on the necessarily moral excellence being good. We're focusing on being perfected in love. As he loves us, we try and make sure that all of our behavior is loving towards others. Does that make sense? As he loved us, we love others. This is a revelation when I said, because John Wesley used to preach on this all the time from 1 John about the highest destination of Christian character growth is love, not necessarily moral excellence, although that is a byproduct. Are you guys making sense now? This is the Word of God. I'm not preaching something stranger. When Will Murray died, and we all, many of us had exposure to Will Murray, one of the great apostles in Josh Jen, he was also 
dead on the operating table for about 30 minutes, about a year before he eventually went to be with the Lord. And he said, when he came back from being on the operating table, he had actually had an out-of-body experience where he was also with the Lord. And he said he felt the Lord say to him, you don't love enough. And that all that Will Maria came back from heaven was, I need to love more. My love is not perfect enough. My love is not perfect enough. And God wants to say that to each one of us today, your love is not perfect enough. Our love is not perfect enough. And he wants to make it perfect. He wants us to be perfected in love. And you might feel that that's impossible. But I tell you what, don't sell yourself short. You're not just an everyday creature. You are born again, changed by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God wants to love in and through you. So what is perfect love? 1 Corinthians 13 tells us. 4 to 7. And here's perfect love. The Greek word is agape. It's different from other words for love. Um, the English word, f- we, we, I mean, we have love. Like, you know, like I, I, I love my wife, but I also love a chocolate, you know. Uh, it's, and then I love my brother. The Greek has got about five or six words for love. Um, Philios is f- friendly love. Eros is romantic or sexual love. Agape is perfect love. And this is a description of perfect love. So the thing is, is that we, English, sometimes we cheapen the word love because uh, we don't have the, um, the range that, that Greek had. Um, so try, when you look at love, try see love as more action than just lack of feeling, you know? So, this is perfect love, agape. And this is how God loves, and this is who God is. This is what he's like. And as we read it, you know, the word is a mirror to our lives. As we read it, let it convict you. Don't say, oh, that's, that's for Joe. Joe's good at that. No, 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 this is for you. Because the same spirit that is in Joe is in you. And Joe's a very loving guy. He's one of the most loving guys I know. But he also wants you to be one of the loving, most loving people. This is for every single one of us. And don't say that I'm excluded from this. You have the Holy Spirit of God in you. You're not excluded from this. So take this word, let it be a mirror to you, and say, I should be doing this. Why don't we say it? I should be doing this. Because of God in me. Because God is changing me. So that I can love more. So that I can glorify God. So help me, God. Love is patient. Are we patient, brothers and sisters, with each other? Are we patient on Monday morning with people at work? Are we patient? You know, Jesus doesn't tell us to do anything that he didn't think was possible. 
He asks us weak human beings to do this, not because of us, but because of that gold in us. That gold refined by fire, that's what Jesus is calling to. He's calling to the gold in you. And he wants that gold to grow. And that's Christian growth. And that's Christian character. Love is patient. Love is kind. Are you always kind? It does not envy. Are you content? It's, it's weird how wide love is. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Are we always looking at each other and just, man, I just want to honor them. I just want to honor other people. It is not self-seeking. I tell you what, every, as we read this, I tell you, if this is a mirror to your heart, you're going, man, I'm a despicable creature. <laughs> but Jesus wants this thing to, wants love to grow in my heart. He wants to change me into this. And he believes it's possible. It is not easily angered. Oh, eh? So hard to get that one right often. It keeps no record of wrongs. You know, do you wake up every day fresh and go, you know what? I'm just going to let all the stuff go. You know, I got harmed at, you know what? Jesus forgave me all my stuff. I'm going to let go. I'm just going to let go. Forgive and forget. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Do you do this with your children and with your marriage? Do you do this part? Because I shared on this before. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Or do you sometimes go, oh, I've had enough. Oh, I'm not going to do this thing anymore. Or are you going to go, oh, back, pick yourself up. I'm going to keep on going. Because love always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. You know, when you, I can't anymore. Now, yes, you can. There is no such thing in the kingdom as I can't anymore. Because the kingdom is always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. How long are we? Probably, how long have we been going? 40. Okay. Should I just stop now or should I keep on going? <laughs> I don't know, I feel like I should just stop here. Um, maybe the worship team can come up and... Maybe we just uh, stand where we are. Maybe we can just give an opportunity for, maybe just close your eyes uh, where you are and uh, just bow your head and we just come before the Lord because the Lord is here and earlier I, I shared on what God did for you, is that God sent His Son for you to cleanse you, to wash you 
And that's the gospel. I preach the gospel to you. It's 2,000 years old. Millions and millions and millions and millions of people have responded to that gospel over the centuries. And maybe today is the day where you need to respond as well. That if you've never given your life to Jesus and that you know today you need to respond to his love. And you need to say, Jesus, sure, I'm overwhelmed by your love today. I realize today that you died on the cross for my sins 2,000 years ago. Today's date, 2023, is based on when you came to earth and you lived a perfect life and died on the cross for me. And today I want to respond to that grace in your cross. Why don't you just put up your hand where you are right now that you know that you need to respond to the love of Jesus and say, Lord, today I want to say yes. Yes for what you did for me on the cross. And I'm aware of my sin and today I want to receive forgiveness of sins. I want to feel clean. I want to feel like my sin is washed away and atoned for. Today is the day where I make my business with God and say, God, today, by faith, I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior. I want to acknowledge before everyone here that you are not only their personal Lord and Savior, that you're my personal Lord and Savior as well. Is there anyone in this meeting today? Just raise your hand that you know that you need to do that business with God and respond to Jesus this morning. Is there anyone in this meeting? You know you need to respond to God today. You need to say, Jesus, I know you died for me on the cross. Oh, there's a hand at the back. Thank you, sir. Is there anyone else? You know today you need to respond. Why don't we pray together with that uh, gentleman at the back? Maybe one of the leaders can go over there as well. Why don't we just pray? And it doesn't hurt to pray it again. Just a prayer of salvation together with him. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner, have mercy on me. I acknowledge that you died on the cross for me 2,000 years ago to take my punishment. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me so that I can be free. I accept your forgiveness today. Wash me clean. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Come and be Lord of my life. I accept you today also as my loving Father. Today, I have become your son. Today, I have become your daughter. In Jesus' name.